Welcome to the VVV Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's special episode of the VVV Deep Dive. We have the pleasure of hosting Alex Page, the founder of Nillion Network, a groundbreaking project in the realm of decentralized technology. Nillion is working towards crafting a secure processing layer in the web, three space and beyond. Their phased development approach aims to initially create a robust network for storing and utilizing private information securely. But they don't stop there. Nillion plans to bridge various blockchains, enhancing interoperability, and ultimately providing a platform for new, decentralized use cases that could transform how we interact with digital assets, manage private keys, and much more. Their vision extends to fostering innovations by providing fast and secure general-purpose processing for a plethora of applications, potentially revolutionizing sectors like finance, identity management, and many more. Today, we delve into the intricate world of Nillion, exploring their roadmap, the technology underpinning their network, and the potential ripple effects on the broader blockchain ecosystem. So whether you're a blockchain enthusiast or someone curious about the next wave of digital innovation, you're in for an enlightening discussion. Without further ado, let's welcome the mind behind Nillion Network and dive into the conversation. All right, Alex, it is, it's a pleasure to have you on our AMA, and I'm very much looking forward for your insights and how you will overcome the very first challenge of this AMA, which is making one of the most complex and maybe one of the most difficult projects out there easy to understand for those who maybe haven't heard of Million yet, or maybe those who would like to have a, an easier explanation than the documents which you have released so far. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll do my best with that. Um, so, you know, fundamentally what we're building at Nillion is a distributed computation platform um, for the for data, for the storage, processing and sharing of high value data, which is specifically what we're focused on. And, and what I mean by high value data is data that you want to keep secure. You want to keep it away from other people for some reason, but you also want that data when it remains secure to be useful. And so what, what sits at the, the base of what Nillion is, is a technology called NMC, which is built upon an older technology called secure multi-party computation. And NMC is our evolution of that technology that allows for this computation to happen at scale on a distributed network. Um, so we can run it across multiple nodes and that that multiple node structure actually gives us a very unique kind of security relative to what you would see with, you know, standardized encryption. Um, what it means is that we can use this incredibly high security standard called information theoretic secure um, to store data and information theoretic secure by design means that the data is, is quantum proof. It's, it's basically uh, no matter how much computation power you have or how much time you have, you cannot hack through something that is secured with ITS. So we can store data in this incredibly secure way um, on our network, but then we can also run computations on it with the security on top of it. So when you think about how data is run, say, on your computer or on your phone, what you're doing is you're basically removing the encryption. You type in your password, you're removing the encryption, you're doing computation with that data, and then you're applying security back on top of it. And on our network, that the security on top of the data never actually is removed during the computation. So you could do computation in plain sight, right? People could watch a computation happen between several different factors that you want to put together, and they actually won't know, one, what the inputs were, two, what the computation was, and three, what the output is going to be. Um, because, and they wouldn't be able to hack into that even if they had the time or the, or the computational resources to do it. So Nillion is really a, a, a creation of a new type of decentralized network. It's not a blockchain. We don't do ordering of transactions. Um, you know, we aren't built for, for basically doing um, the, the types of on-chain on transactions that people are used to where, you know, you are um, <clears throat> moving value around, you're making sure there's no double spend, you're making sure that transactions are timestamped, ordered properly. We're not naturally inclined to do that. What we're using decentralization for is actually to create secure computation um, layer. And 
that opens up a whole new realm of, of things that you can do with data once you have this world where you can run computation against data um, in a verifiable way on a decentralized network that's you know publicly accessible you can do all kinds of cool things that you otherwise couldn't do um, with say like a centralized computer and you don't have the same trust requirements of say like a centralized server where you have to believe in what the person has on the server to run computation so it's a, a very unique way of, of building um, a really an expansion pack to what blockchain is doing by adding this world of data and secure data and high value data um, to what Web3 can do. And so that's really what we're building. And what would be a practical example which you maybe envision uh, Lillian to be used for in the future? So, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's lots of really interesting things that people are doing. Even even early on here, we've been um, you know really focused on building our ecosystem. Um, we have Mark on our team who is uh, absolutely uh, crushing it when it came to doing the initial outreach to projects in Web two and Web three to kind of explore like okay in the early phases of what we're building, like what are you guys really interested in building? And we're seeing things all the way from like super secure messaging. So imagine uh, like a signal, except instead of going through a centralized server somewhere um, and using, you know, standardized encryption, it's going through an, an ITS secured network. So now it's like an unhackable decentralized uh, network in the middle. Um, all the way through to things in the area of logistics, where you want to uh, be able to verify information is correct without seeing that information, um, or you want to, you know, keep track of things that include proprietary inputs. So one thing in logistics comes down to like the process and how they uh, manage cool storage um, and those temperatures. It's a very like um, IP, like very uh, proprietary way of accomplishing that, but you'd be able to verify that temperature without actually having to see the, the structures that do that. Um, and then it all goes all the way through to, you know, for me, the really cool use cases are, are the ones that are more in the limit where we're talking about being able to use data in ways that you just currently can't right now. Um, and the one that always gets, always excites me is around, um, is a uh, collaborative computation. And, and what I mean by that is, Imagine that you're, you know, the example I always like to use is imagine, you know, Waymo and Uber, right? Two very you know, big heavyweights in the self-driving car industry. And they don't want to share information with each other, but there is data that they could share that would be valuable for both of them and say, let's say, reducing the number of accidents that happen with self-driving cars. Well, with a network like Nillion, you could have Waymo put data on there. You could have Uber put data on there. Now it's ITS secure, so you don't have to be concerned that they're going to go and hack it and get all of your inf information. But then you can run an algorithm that run that would glean results um, between those two sets of data around, say, what the causes are of self-driving car accidents, things like that. And both sides don't have to worry that their data is going to end up in the hands of their biggest competitor, but they can glean things that are really useful from that information. You can see the same type of thing in something like medical records. You know, we we are very protective in the world of, of our medical data, rightly so. You know, we want to be, we want to have a level of privacy in our lives and especially in our digital lives. But with something like Nillion, where we could use machine learning to basically use medical records that are secured, nobody can see them, nobody knows what's in them, nobody knows your health data, but then do then glean these useful results on, on massive studies um, that are valuable to, you know, to humanity. Um, so those were ones that like are really exciting. Those are definitely out way out there in terms of, of what we're developing towards. But, you know, that gives that gives you kind of a sense of the range of things that are possible in our network. And what was your main motivation to start Nillion? How did you even come up with solving and solving a problem which maybe other people didn't even identify up to that point? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is kind of an interesting story because I, I was very much like looking into the crypto space and, and helping uh, several projects in the space kind of get off the ground um, when it was you know, Miguel, our chief scientist, who, who came to us. Um, and he's been you know, one of those guys that has worked in the area of data, data security, cryptography for basically his entire career. He was at Siemens for a long time. He has like 35 different patents to his name. Six of them still govern um, the flow of information on the transatlantic cables. Um, and he's just one of those guys who thinks about things in these ways of like, how can we solve for this problem, this limiting problem? And when he started looking at private data, he was really looking at it from the perspective of how can we make sure that we can 
create, we can find these ways to make data between say like financial institutions more valuable to stop things like money laundering, um, you know, where, where we can't share data, but there's useful things that these pools of data can do together. Um, and that's what he started exploring into, into the world of um, MPC because MPC, the secure multi-party computation has, has been around for a while. It's, it's been around for decades, um, but it's always had this limitation with it. It's always been limited in terms of how it can scale. And a lot of protocols and, and things you'll see out there that use secure multi-party computation, really popular and, and well-known example of MPC in use is Fireblocks. Um, it's definitely in more of a, a decentralized or a centralized way that they have built their system, but they use MPC to secure um, private keys. And MPC has always been really good at these very specific low co- low level computation things, um, like signing a wallet as Fireblocks is using it, um, and and or they're built in this way that is incredibly specified into being really good at this like one thing, and. With NMC, what Miguel had brought to us, what we saw was the mathematics he had come up with uh, was was allowing for more scalable compute across a wide range of use cases instead of really having to focus in on building towards one thing or being good at like one specific use. We now saw how they could all come together onto something that allowed for more of a platform to exist. Um, and so, you know, he and Miguel and, and my co-founder, um, Andrew Misanto, had known each other for a couple of years. Miguel had been tinkering around with these ideas. And, and in 2021 is when he really came and he was like, I think I've got something. Um, and that's when we started digging into it. It's actually kind of a funny story because, you know, we, we kind of we made the decisions, me, Andrew Misanto, and our other co-founder, Andrew Yo, were actually in Mykonos with our girlfriends. And we were like, okay, guys, the Mykonos trip is over. We're going to Brussels um, where it's rainy and cold. And we're going we're gonna to go to this hotel room and I'm just, we're going to sit down in this room with these guys for like three days and talk about this tech. You know, we're going to sit down with Miguel and talk about this technology for like three days. Um, and when we came out of that, we, we realized that there was something really unique here. You know, here's this technology fundamentally that is a decentralizing technology. MPC is a decentralizing technology, but it's just been hampered by these limitations. And now we have something that has opened up a lot more potential um, in what MPC can do. The evolution of NMC allows it to do so much more. And so we realized, you know, bringing that to the world and bringing forward these use cases, like being able to have all of this user information and still make it useful, but then not give it all to some centralized company like we did in Web2. Like that was the kind of thing that needed to exist. How did you come up with the confidence to see an opportunity and then to leave everything behind to focus on that? Um, you know, that's one of those, I think, like kind of leap of faith things that you uh, that you you take um, in entrepreneurship. Um, you know, I knew the potential of, of what who Miguel was, what Miguel has has done before in the history um, that he's been working in data. And then Andrew Basanto, who's, who's one of our co-founders, you know, he started Hedera. Um, Hashgraph, who was the original CMO, um, he, you know, started Reserve. And so, you know, being alongside him, that gave me a lot of confidence. You know, I, I, I would say that I was really excited, but at the same time, like I could tell that what these guys knew, what they understood, that, that they knew what they were doing. And, and that really is what led me to make the jump. Like I believed in these guys. I could tell that they were, they thought about things in the right way. And that's probably what inspired me to, to jump all in on it. And do you have any plans to ensure that what you just mentioned about um, things becoming centralized over time, that this is not going to happen? Because I think it sounds like all of you share the same vision in this case. Yes, definitely. I think for, for the way that we're building things, you know, we're, we're working with, with um, specifically with data and specifically with high value data. So we're being quite careful in terms of how we go down the pathway to decentralization. But all of us really see this as something that should be a platform that is that is bigger than, you know, one centralized company going around and shopping this to other big companies. It should be something that's out there that, you know, people can build on top of. And we're really focused on building a, a developer community, you know, in our developer ecosystem in Web3, you know, bringing on projects that are interested in utilizing it across Web2 and Web3, because it should be a platform that people can add to, you know, something that, that allows for this world where, you know, data can be used in, in um, highly secure ways, but also, you know, can be, can allow for a bunch of collaboration, that, that type of thing belongs to more than just us, uh, which is why the decentralization component is important to us. Thank you. 
And what are the core values or what is the core vision of Nillion? What is the core vision of Nillion? I think that, you know, for us, uh, it, it's about expanding the the potential of what privacy preserving technologies can do um, or the technical term privacy enhancing technologies. You know, right now, I think that the way that we, the world kind of looks at privacy is that, um, you know, it's this, it's this thing in privacy technologies. It's like, it's almost this impediment to what we really want to do. You know, it's a lot easier to just gather a bunch of people's information and build the network we want and be able to see it and do whatever we want with it. We want to make it easier for the choice to be like, I want to build something really cool, but I also don't want to go full Facebook on it. You know, I want to create something where people can interact with it and it's valuable and we can use data in valuable ways to enhance it and make it better. But at the same time, I don't have to give I don't have to take everything from these people uh, or, or from my customers in order to accomplish that. So we want to make that the, the option. Um, and I think that that's going to lead to, you know, in, in a world where basically digital, the digital aspects of who we are are just becoming a bigger and bigger part of who we really are. You know, the digital persona that we have now is a really big part of, of our identity, but it's only going to get bigger over time. And so, you know, we need technologies that make it really easy for data to remain useful, to be able to run computations, to be able to, um, you know, collaborate with data, but then also keep that security in place so that it, it's still ours. I like that Nillion has the potential to genuinely impact the world in a very positive way. Can you, if you don't mind, can you give us a little bit of your background, which led you to be in this position today? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I start off my career in, um, in finance, actually, um, and worked for several big banks on, on Wall Street. You know, I was kind of on the inside team when it came to how the financial system worked. Um, and, you know, I remember kind of thinking that this was like, it's kind of a fucked up game. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here, but it was, that was kind of like the, the, the ethos that I had was like, yeah, this is really definitely an insider game. And, and it was something that always felt a little bit dirty about it. Um, but then, you know, when... Bitcoin came out, I actually looked at it and thought like, this is, this is an interesting idea. Like this idea of decentralization, what, what really spoke to me about Bitcoin was the idea that we can get, you know, thousands of people all over the world who are um, basically self-interested, you know, willing to be malicious, like willing to be bad actors to agree on a single source of truth. Like that's a really cool, novel and unique concept. And, and that's kind of thing just, you know, really didn't exist before Bitcoin. Um, but, in and of itself, Bitcoin was, it's interesting, but it didn't have that, um, the, it, the computation part, the be able to be, being able to build things on top of it was the piece that was kind of missing for me. And when Ethereum, um, when Ethereum came out, that's when I really started to pick up and take notice of, of what the potential in crypto was, because smart contracts meant that now there was this world where, you know, we could program essentially contracts like law into a blockchain into something that is immutable. And that was a really cool thing for me. Um, so I started doing investing in the space um, and and paying attention to what was going on in crypto. Um, and Andrew Misanto and I were friends back then. He ran off to start Hedera Hashgraph. And, and I actually ran a, a different business um, on the B2C side. I was running a company that was basically like really, really early on the wave of the whole like rise of Amazon, you know, like when FBA was a thing that existed, but nobody had created a like $5,000 course on how to get rich setting up an F FBA company. Like that was where I was and what I was building at that time. Um, but I'd always been really interested in the space. And so when Andrew got out of Hedera Hashgraph, when, you know, I was uh, exited my company, we were kind of got together and started focusing on like, what are the things that we could do to help projects in the space? What can we do to help founders who are building things, you know, in the universe of crypto? Um, and that was really, you know, where we were sitting when Miguel, you know, came along and showed us something that just blew our minds. Thank you. Did you face any challenges regarding positioning Nillion in the world of blockchains as a project that's not really a blockchain? I think that, you know, it was, it was a challenge to explain it um, at, at the very first um, because, you know, it is, it is decentralization. It has these, you know, real um, uh, crypto components to it. But when it's not a blockchain, it, it can be difficult to understand, like, 
everything that we really see in crypto. We're, we're enhancing blockchains, we're building things on blockchains, we're connecting blockchains. But here's something that sits, you know, kind of outside of blockchain, that's blockchain agnostic, um, and also focused on computation. And so, you know, when we we're starting out like we have gone through so many different iterations of, of how we talk about Nillion, um, what we focus on with Nillion. You know, originally, like we were in this place where we were like, oh, maybe we should build like a digital identity network. Um, and in those early stages, you know, we, we were playing around with a bunch of things and, and trying to really nail like the messaging to make it easy to communicate because it is a very complicated thing to understand. Um, and And that was, you know, where the insights of, of the guys who came into the early parts of this company, um, you know, the Andrew Misantos, uh, the other connections that, that we had already in the industry, this is where we actually, you know, started basically pitching this to people way before we were even planning on fundraising just to work on, on the messaging, just to think about like the direction that we were going in. And we found that to be really valuable. So, you know, it took us, it took us a really good amount of time to, to go through that um, and had its own challenges. And believe me, it's kind of weird when you get on phone and, and kind of pitch an idea to somebody and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but it was really enlightening for us. And I think a very important part of the journey of how we grew, um, grew Nillian up. How important is the differentiation you make in catering, for example, to a government when you talk about Nillian? and how you do it when you talk to a Twitter audience, for example. Is it even something, is the Twitter audience even something that's actually important for Nillion or could it also just exist as an entirely B2B focused enterprise? Um, I think that, you know, there, there's, always, there's always messaging that resonates the, uh, better with different audiences. Um, you know, when I, when I speak to, to different companies, Like we're very good about being focused in the explanation of it and how it can help them. You know, if we were talking to to government organizations and you know we don't really speak to to many of them, like they're it's about taking something that has this very wide amount of potential and direction it can go in and functionalities it can serve and really narrowing it down to like the things that somebody sees as the important elements of what they're looking for. Um, and so you know we're we have this really broad part and that's probably the hardest part about million as well is that we are, we're taking something that has really broad potential and then trying to narrow it down in a way that can be uh, easier to understand. Um, and so when we're, we're talking to businesses, when we're doing, you know, more on the, like talking to different projects and talking to FBEs, we have a, a ecosystem of a 10, 10 guys right now that are really, you know, our early builders, um, And over 200 projects that we've talked to, you know, we've gotten pretty good at thinking about how we're messaging in different directions. So it's about focusing in on the parts of, of what Nillion is and what NMC technology can do that speak most to the people we're talking. Did you notice any difference in the response to your pitch throughout the different market conditions? Was it different in a bull market? Is it different in a bear market? Or maybe is the bear market even advantageous for you because there's less noise surrounding you? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, going into going into the you know whole Luna thing that happened um, back in May, um, you know, before that, there was a lot more of just like people who are just interested to be interested, if that makes sense. Um, you know, it's like I don't quite understand it, but it sounds like it's cool, and so you know, I'm interested because it sounds cool, and you guys seem like you have a really great team, and, and we do have a really amazing team, so like I'm willing to make a bet on you. Um, and when we got in past Luna, you know, kind of into the, the bear market, we, the, the number of people who were just on the like bandwagon, if you will, um, were, were really not there anymore. But the people who understood the technology and the, and the you know, token holders and token buyers who understood the technology were, were really um, were really interested in what we were going to build. You know, they weren't looking at, okay, you guys are going to build something and then, you know, a token's going to come really fast and it's going to pop because the narrative sounds really good. Um, it was, it was the people who looked at the technology and said, okay, this is the type of thing that, that we want to exist. And we think that you guys are the team to bring it to life. Um, and we actually, you know, closed most of, um, oh, most of the, you know, early backers that we had in the project, right after FTX collapsed. Um, and, and at that time it was, you know, we were all kind of like concerned because that was 
big deal. We all remember that. Like that was a really big deal. Um, but the investors that we had, the the people who were backing us, you know, they came through because they believed in what the project could do. Um, and so, you know, we, I think that, that the sort of joy ride parts of, of the crypto industry really, um, you know, left us by the wayside or I guess, you know, dropped off the bandwagon. Um, but the people who believed in the tech, the people who believed in the team, they stuck around and, and we're, I'm very impressed with what our team was able to do in a bear market when it came to fundraising. Yeah, I think it's, it's actually helpful not just to identify the right projects, but the bear market is also helpful in identifying the right investors because you could also pick mm -hmm. the wrong people to back you where they maybe then lack the substance to actually help you. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it can be when things are, when things are hot, it'll be, it can be really easy to pick people up who will. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. You know, throw money at you and wait to get it back. Um, and, and you, you won't hear from them and they won't help you, you know, along the way. And that's just, it's not a great way to, it's not a great to have those kinds of people, um, you know, on, on the cap table or as a part of your token holding just because, These, these are the people you rely on to, to help, you know, do those little things that make big, um, uh, that, that add big value and, and that you can lean on to help, you know, do things like find the right person to fill a role. And so it's important to have those, those investors and those backers that are, you know, that are active, that are interested in the project, that are staying up to date with things. Um, and we're very lucky to have a, a very good, strong group of those. Yeah, that's very good to hear. Would you mind talking about the recent accomplishments of Nillion? Sure. So, you know, we've been ever, ever since we, we went out and, and got, um, you know, our early backers coming in and, and supporting us, we've been um, more or less like heads down focusing on building our technology. You know, we are building something that's quite unique. We're building an infrastructure that is going to be decentralized. Um, and we've been putting a lot of, of our energy and focus on, you know, making that and turning that into a reality. Um, and we're at a point now where, you know, a lot of the really big, cool pieces of, of what Nillion is going to be are starting to get to the place where we're going to put them out there. Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to front run uh, the, the team on, on the announcements that we want to make, but some of the, the really cool foundational parts of what Nillion um, is from a technological perspective are, are basically going to be, you know, coming out into the public space in the next couple of months. Definitely something to watch out for. Um, and, you know, along with that, we're going to be doing a lot of talking about the technology. But, you know, we're getting to that place where it's like we've been heads down. We've been putting tons of effort um, into the development of our tech. We've been getting some of our early builders in there to help us, you know, give feedback, work on our SDK. But we're getting to a place where, you know, over the course of the next six months, you're going to be seeing a lot of things coming out from us, but also, there's going to be lots of ways to, to interact with Nillion and to, you know, interact with the technology we've built, which we're really excited about. And I think you plan to release the technical papers. Is that correct? Yes. And we've got a whole smattering of technical papers that are going to be coming out. First one um, is actually going to drop basically five days from now on November 7th. Um, and then, you know, Miguel, along with, um, with some of the other people on our team, Andre and some of our, our, our um, uh, engineers are going to be putting out different types of papers um, almost, I'd say, every two weeks for the rest of, of the year um, that are really focusing on giving people not just like, okay, you know, here's a huge, massive, like, paper or 50 pages of mathematical proofs on, like, why Nillion works. Like, okay, you know, it's, it's cool to have something like that. But We want something that speaks to a much broader audience. And so the way that we're releasing things is designed to you know, get the people who have um, you know, the computer science background or developers like a way to, to see the what the technology is really capable of and really understand it at a strong level. And so those papers are going to be rolling out over the, the rest of this year. And they're going to come out like crazy. So definitely worth staying, uh, staying uh, following our Twitter accounts or in our Discord because it's going to be really cool as these things start to roll out. Thank you. Yeah, guys, everyone who is listening, please make sure you follow Nillian on Twitter. You join their Discord server and we will, of course, also keep you updated about the progress which they make because Nillian is, in fact, one of our most valuable and highest anticipated AMA guests and the entire community is extremely excited that we have the pleasure to support Nillian and I highly encourage everyone who is listening to do the same because I'm sure Nillian has a lot of milestones still undiscovered, still ready to deliver. Yes. And Lots of stuff on the horizon. 
Uh, I think one of them is um, the launch of the bail bonds. Maybe you could uh, elaborate as much as you can at this stage, of course, sure. about what it is, what it means. Yep. Yeah. So that was a, a really major milestone for, for us um, in our development is getting to a place where we have essentially put together what we call our bare bones network. And, and bare bones network is essentially exactly kind of what it sounds like. It's a very simple network. We're running it across, you know, three different nodes that are controlled by people on the team, but are in different locations. And we're doing that kind of initial testing of how um, data and information and computation is going to flow across the network. And we can do very simplistic computations with it. It's a very early stage. It's meant to be kind of the, the skateboard to the car. Um, and we're, we've been doing, you know, very simple, like internal use cases where we're like moving files between people or moving chats between people on this network. And we, we want to, you know, we want to show it to people um, and, and release collateral around it because it does give kind of the first insight into how the network is going to grow. And so from there, we're going to be moving into, you know, different phases of releases with that network towards like a test net, um, something that is available developer playground that people can interact with. But this is really like, it's really cool because, you know, we're looking at this as like, this is the first time you can go and you can see some information moving around on the nodes. You can see a computation, um, you know, live happening on, on our network. And it's, very simple, but but it is the first step, and seeing it come together, you know, for the team has been like an absolutely massive milestone. Super good. And how has your focus shifted, or how has Nillian's focus shifted throughout the past months, and where will it be throughout the next couple of months? Yeah. So you know, we have so with the technical the technical developments that, that we have gone through, the milestones that we have achieved, we've really switched our focus to now saying, okay, you know, how are we going to get this out into the developer community? How do we get it out to our community? How do we generate um, interest among developers to come and test out this new technology and play with it? And our focus has been shifting towards that, like, let's get people in here and let's get them building. And we've started in, in a very simple way by basically, you know, going through the initial group of, of um, projects and, and entrepreneurs that we had been talking to early on and we you know, explored use cases with and been like and invited some of them to come in um, and start building early with our SDK, you know, building early prototypes, working with our SDK. Um, it's kind of an initial initial testing ground for, you know, what are the issues people are going to run into that we can fix for now? How are people going to be utilizing the network? How are they thinking about building things? And that's a, that's the initial step that, that we're taking into that direction with the goal of expanding that outwards, getting more projects to come and do more things, getting uh, toolkits and SDKs out to the broader developer community, having them play around with it, creating opportunities for, for really anybody to come um, and, and do something to interact with Nillian and play it. Just play around with it, build something small, you know, see how the network works and then hopefully, you know, come back and say, okay, like I want to build a prototype into this. I want to build a product into this. I want to, you know, utilize this network as a part of this tech stack for, for the things I'm building out in the rest of Web3 and Web2. All right. Thank you very much. And mm -hmm. now we have a few questions um, pre-submitted by the community. And okay. if you wouldn't mind, awesome. um, I'm going to ask three of them. So the first okay. one is from Daniele. He is asking, having developers building on Nillion is key for mass adoption. How are you incentivizing developers to build on Nillion? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so right now we're at a position where we're working very closely with, um, you know, small group of developers. I call them the, the entrepreneurs and projects that are early on. Um, and with them, you know, we're looking at our relationship with them as very symbiotic. You know, they're helping us as being like almost a design partner very early on. And we are incentivizing them um, to, to come and build with us and to, you know, run into walls and help us make, um, make our tools and our network better. Um, and at that point, that's really the place where, you know, from this early stage, that's what we're, we're, we're working with. It's those close partners where we have that very close relationship. Um, but getting to mass adoption, you're right. You know, getting getting the developer community interested, getting them on there is is something that um, that is important to to achieving the level of adoption that we're looking for. And you know, the incentive incentive metrics that we're we're thinking for that, you know, that's something that's that's still being uh, discussed and finalized now. But 
you know, we want to, we want to make million an easy choice for people to come and build with. And also it's new technology. You're going to have to explore around. You're going to have to spend time in it, you know, learn about it. Um, and, and we want to make that an easy choice for developers. So we're looking at a, a wide range of systems to, to implement um, once the time comes where we're really pushing it out. Thank you. And Patty has asked, that you noticed that in the past months you had many open job positions at Nillion. How many employees do you have hired in the past six months, and how many more additional employees do you plan on uh, plan on bringing on in the next couple of months? That's a good question. Um, in the last six months, I believe we have hired probably five or six people, um, and you know m we're building out. Our, our basically our engineering team that is going to get us ready for deploying things um, publicly to to the community. So I'm thinking about things like SDK, right? Of where we make that public, and we need to be really good. We have a compiler for the language that we we created for Nillion, which is called Nada, um, and are compiling it into into Python. And so we've got you know compiler experts that we've been bringing on board. Um, there's things on the cryptographic research side that we've also brought people in um, on as well. And so, you know, that's been what's been rounding out the team recently. Um, and then we've got some key hires that we want to be making going into uh, 2024 as well. And so I'd say we're probably looking to bring on about three or four more people um, onto the team, very on the technical side to, to help us speed up how we can be responding to the community, how we can be responding in our deployments to make sure that um, the experience that developers are having with Nillion is really, really good. And how does the next year look for for Nillion? Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we, the, the 2024 is, is really shaping up to be the year where it's like, we're going to start bringing the outside in. And what I mean by that is, is we're going to be bringing in the community. We're going to be releasing documentation. Like this is the, that will be the, the period of time where it's like, you know, we're done with having our heads down and really building this out and really focusing on, on the deployment of technology. And we're starting to show it to the world and get them involved. Um, and so, you know, that in and of itself is going to be really exciting. We're going to see, you know, a lot of that coming out in, in the start of 2024. And then from there, it's just going to be, building out more and more and more things for, you know, developers, projects, companies to, to come and, and either build into or integrate in their tech stacks on top of Nillion. Thank you. And the next question is by one of our members called Ibam. <laughs> um, huh? He's asking, as Nillion builds towards the launch, I imagine there's no shortage of projects interested in building on the Nillion network. I'm wondering if Alex can comment on whether or not there's a certain type of project that Nillion seems to be attracting. For example, is it largely privacy-centric protocols, decentralized finance protocols, GameFi, oracles, or something else? Hmm. Um, I would say that what we're, we generally are getting more of is projects that are want to do something with high value data in some way. Um, and, and that can mean a, a whole range of things from, you know, something like having these very secure, you know, chat channels, um, which, which one of our, our projects we're working with is building, you know, all the way through to having like a privacy preserving perps, um, trading platform, decentralized perps trading platform. Um, so we see a wide, very wide range of, of projects that are in web two and web three, but, you know, for the most part, it is those ones that want to, to take advantage of, you know, keeping some sort of data secure. There's some piece of it that, that they just don't want. They want to build publicly. They want to build in a verifiable way, but they don't want, um, you know, just anybody to come and be able to see the, the data that is being used in computation. So that's generally the, the link between them. But, you know, we're seeing such a wide range of, of different um, projects and entrepreneurs come, you know, with really cool and creative use cases. That's a really big reason why there's such a focus and drive from us to um, to get to the place where we are, you know, building in the open. We're putting things out there. We're making it easy for for developers to get in and start, you know, messing around with it and playing with uh, playing with the the potential of the network. Because a lot of the really cool use cases are things that people are going to come up with that we didn't even think of. Um, and and so we want to get it out there so that we can allow that type of um, uh, innovation to happen. We also have a big audience of either existing entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And nice. 
do you have any advice for them? Especially, let's say, because that's something which I see many times. Someone is a really good developer, but then it's very difficult mm -hmm. to either start a business on your own, finding the right mm -hmm. partner, or just in general, <laughs> transitioning out of being a developer or just being an expert in one thing and to start acting in a, in a broader spectrum. Yeah. Um, let's see. Advice. I mean, how many more hours do we have? I got, <laughs> I got a, a bunch. Um, you know, I've, I've learned I've learned a ton of things uh, along the way um, in in leading Nillian and, and leading. I, I think one of the big biggest growing points for for me personally, um, you know, thinking through it has been like a lot of people on our team are way smarter than I am, and they are way better at what they do than I could ever be. Um, and, and that is a, an interesting experience when you're put in charge of people and our, our CTO is Conrad Whelan and he was the founding engineer of Uber. He was one of the like first three guys in the room. And then, you know, he comes in to be CTO of this and he you know hits me up and he's like, Hey boss, how are you doing? And I'm like, wow. Okay. This guy was like there from like day zero of Uber. Um, and now he's, he's CTO and, and he technically works for me. You know, this is a very interesting experience and, and caused a lot of growth, but I would say, You know, for the um, for you know the the entrepreneurs that are out there, and especially really the the like engineering minded entrepreneurs, um, you know, especially in the space of Web three, but you know, it's it's true across into into any industry as well. I think that the in engineers and engineer minds tend to think that the potential of technology is. Uh, is obvious in and of itself. You know, if I if I show you this thing that I've built, I, it's very obvious what the value is going to be. And and so my advice would be that you know don't underestimate the importance of the narrative and the story that you're telling around the thing that you built. It's it's almost better to have this incredible story of how it works, what the potential is, where the value is, um, than to have the technology, you know, perfectly ready to go if you're going to go raise money or you want to pitch it to people, because that's the part that, that those, um, you know, those VCs, those investors really latch on to. You know, they're, they're not as, as deeply tech-minded as, as they appear to be. Um, they really do latch on to those stories. And, and that can be difficult for people who really, you know, are of the engineering mind who see things a very... Um, Uh, in, in the way that engineers do. Um, and that, so that's a, that would be the advice for entrepreneurs on that side. Fantastic. Thank you. So we have two more questions just submitted in the Twitter comments. The first one is, what are your biggest concerns about Nillian and how do you plan to mitigate them? Have there been any problems you have had to overcome already? So what are the biggest concerns that I have about Nillian? Um, you know, I think that the, the one that probably always gets me the most is, you know, what happens when we put this out here, out there? And what if nobody shows up? You know, uh, the, the, the issue that I think is like, scares me the most is when, you know, you, if you put a lot of effort into building something and, and you, let's say you weave a narrative around it and you set up, you know, all of the elements that you want in place. And, and you can think of it like throwing a party, you know, you're throwing a birthday party at your house and you get all of the, all of the chips and the balloons and the presents and like the clown and whatever else is going to be at your party and nobody shows up for it. Like, that's probably the thing that like keeps me up at night. Um, Not because I think that like that is what's going to happen, but it's always like that is really the outcome that I think about where it's like if this was going to, you know, flop in a way that um, that, that was um, that could hurt the project in the long term, it would be that we fail to to talk to enough people to get enough interest to have people come in and actually use the tech, because that's where all the learning is going to come from. That's where the potential is going to come from. Um, and so that would probably be, you know, that's what keeps me up at night. And then I'd say the other one is something that's really, uh, you know, probably true of, of people who are CEOs or in, in, in high positions of any organization, which is, you know, the ever question of what am I missing? Like, what am I not seeing? What's the, what's the thing that's out there that I'm not paying attention to? Um, and I think that, you know, anybody who is leading an organization, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're, you know, working inside a company um, or, or you're part of a leadership team, like it's, it's asking yourself that question a lot that helps make sure that you are seeing everything. You know, if you're asking yourself, like, what am I not seeing? What is missing? What am I not understanding? What could be, 
you know, out there that I'm not looking at, it really helps you think of all of the things that, that fit into the strategy that you need to be pursuing. Um, and then, I'm sorry, what was the second part? The second part, oh, if you have, and if you have uh, problems which you already overcame. Ah, uh, yes. Um, sure, we've definitely run into our share of problems. Um, you know, when, we, when we're, we're building technology that is, is incredibly greenfield, um, that, you know, hasn't been built before, that not on top of that just has never been decentralized before, you know, you're always going to run into issues. Um, and so we run into, you know, technical blockers all the time. Um, but the, it comes down to, you know, the quality of the team that we've built, the quality of the engineers that we have, and the quality of the thinking that goes into solving those problems, which allows us to overcome them. You know, I wouldn't say that there's uh, uniquely like one thing where we were, we saw this massive hurdle and then, you know, thought this way around it. Like we find these challenges, we find these issues, we find these roadblocks. And then, you know, it's the, the thinking and the power of the thinking of the team uh, and, the, and the people that we brought onto the team that have really allowed us to overcome those and, and find really elegant solutions in a lot of cases. Fantastic. That's, it's really sound advice. Uh, I really appreciate those insights. Yeah. So now we come to the last question. And it's as the CEO of Nillion, what risks have you had to take or do you anticipate having to take in order to ensure the growth and development of the company? What risks will I have to take? Well, I mean, there's all kinds of risks uh, in, in, in being CEO of a project, um, especially one that has, has grown as much as this one has. Um, you know, I think that you could look at, you could look at that in, in, a, in a couple of different ways and it's not you know, particularly clear which, which types of risks um, the, the question is getting towards, but you can look at it in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, there is the, there is the, there's always risk in, um, uh, in building something brand new you know, and it's being built for the first time, um, that you're then decentralizing. Um, and so you're putting it out there, you're making it decentralized, you're opening it up to the world to see, um, to not only, you know, explore and find potential in, but then to also potentially attack. Um, and so, you know, that's a really, um, very much a, a web three thing that doesn't exist in web two is the potential of, of opening things up like that. Um, and, And there's, so the, the implementation risk of, of what you're building is the big thing that really sits out there and, and, and really is of top of mind when we think about the, the risks that the project faces, especially it goes in the public phases. Um, and so, you know, we're taking a big risk with that. We're taking a risk with, with data. We're taking a risk with, you know, providing security for data. People are going to put information on our network that is valuable to them in, in some way, um, you know, and, and that data The, it, the way that we implement, making sure that we implement correctly, making sure that we are, you know, we're um, putting the right security in place. We're making sure that there aren't holes for, for malicious attacks. You know, that's the type of thing that we have to be extra diligent on um, because at the end of the day, there's, there's no putting, you know, the, the cat, no putting the, putting it back in the bag if, if something does happen with our network. And so, you know, for us, we're, we're staking, the, you know, the ability of our team, the, the reputation of our engineers, you know, the, the efforts, the multi-year multi effort of, of all of these people on this one thing, you know, on making sure that we implement this correctly. And so it's a, probably a, the biggest risk that, we, that I always see and always think about um, that, you know, we're putting ourselves on top of. Yeah, I think by building something that's truly important to humanity, if you want to say so, then you also carry the responsibility that goes along with it, right? Yes, yes. And so, you know, we carry a responsibility right now to, to, to do it right. Um, and then, you know, we, we have a responsibility when, you know, when the time comes where, you know, we've built things to a place where we, we want to make it, um, you know, something that's truly uh, public and, and outside the control of, of us as like, you know, the centralized team and exists more into the, you know, the world where the token holders or, or the, you know, community controls it, you know, we have to be really good custodians of that, um, which means that we, we have to be prepared to make sure that what we're giving to the community and to, you know, the, the world at large is, is ready for them um, and is set up in a way where, you know, people can continue to improve on it long after this, this team is no longer here. 
um, and and also you know make sure that the network continues to deliver on what the potential we think it has. Thank you, Alex. And I want to be respectful of your time. I want to thank you very much for well, coming to our AMA today. And I want to thank the well, audience thank for, for showing up and for asking clever questions. And also, of course, to our community for asking many thoughtful questions in advance already. And I can guarantee you one thing. Your fear that no one is going to show up is already eliminated by having VVV as a partner. <laughs> because as, as you can see, we have over 200 people showing up live. And I'm sure there's going Amazing. to be a couple thousand listening to the recording afterwards. So without a doubt, no. people are going to show up. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, I'm really, you know, really happy to be here and, and to talk about this. And, and thank you for putting this on, being such a great host. And, and thank you all for coming to listen. You know, I love, love talking about Million. I love talking about, talking about what we're building. So, you know, the opportunity to share it with you guys is, is, really, um, is really awesome for me since I spend most of my time uh, talking to you know, team members and, and solving problems internally. Um, this is really, really cool to have this conversation. And, um, but do, do follow us on, the, on Twitter, you know, get into the Discord. Um, a lot of announcements are going to be coming out. A lot of really cool things are going to start to pop up. Um, so you know, please follow along and, and check them out because I'm, if teams work really hard on putting them together, they're really awesome things to see. Um, and we'd love for everybody to you know, be a part of what those releases are. All right. Make sure, guys, to join Lillian's Discord. Look out for the new announcements. Follow them on Twitter. You will find all the links in the comments below. And we will retweet this recording once more to make sure no one misses it. And with that being said, Alex, thank you once again for your time. Thank you for joining up. Yes. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I'm looking forward no, to thank you. doing this yeah. again anytime soon. Thank you. For sure. Cool. Thank you, guys. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.